Good afternoon. My name is James. For those who are new or visiting, I'd like to add my welcome to you. We do have an outline that you can follow along with. You're probably wondering how Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 is my favourite Bible verse, when just two Sundays ago I said that 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 was my favourite Bible verse. How can this be? Well, there is reconciliation. It can be reconciled. It's like having two best friends, or more than two. I think it's possible to have two or more best friends. Renee, my wife, has three best friends, and so it must be okay. Well, like this, I have a few Bible verse besties. Now, with that awkward but freeing moment out of the way, we can continue with our favourite Bible verse sermon series. Uh, Please join me as we pray to God together. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of your holy word. May it be a lantern to our feet, a light to our paths, and strength to our lives. Take us and use us to love and serve all people in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now it's well publicised, but we're in a new year. Do you feel any different? Do you still perhaps find it hard to get up in the morning? This question might be more difficult for some of us, but we all have our fair share of troubles daily, don't we? As Jesus clearly pointed out in the Sermon on the Mount. And when you're weary and your spirit is low, you might question your ability to live for the sake of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. Stressful relationships, oncoming deadlines. In those moments we feel the grind of life, we can't but help long for the sustenance we need to see us safely home in his presence. This begs the question, what is the strength we need for the day? We refer to strength a lot, but it seems hard to explain it, let alone know where to find it and get enough of it. What is the strength we need for the day? We'll explore this question today with these two points in mind. Number one, the source of the strength. And number two, the nature of the strength. And by the end of this talk, I would really want us to know uh, that our strength to live a godly life comes from Jesus. And that the strength that Jesus supplies is what we need to live that godly life. Let's turn to the verse now though. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And I'll read it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I've always wanted to say this about this verse. It's small and pithy, but it packs a punch. We do come to the final part of Paul's letter to the many Christian gatherings in Ephesus. We know this because Paul used the word finally to bring his letter to a climax. And this should get us thinking, right? We need to know what has come before so we understand what's about to come next. Paul has just finished his instructions to the various groups within the Christian household. His aim was to teach them how to live a godly life together. In fact, that's the idea of the whole second half of the letter, to show God's people how to walk or live his way, knowing that Jesus has completely saved them by his grace and that God has this worldwide plan to build a social network of people who delight following in his loving rule. 
Paul then addresses all his readers and urges them to be strong in the Lord. And this brings us to my first point, the source of the strength. The phrase to be strong is a call to action. And with a call to action, you'd probably think that the best thing to do is to get ready and use whatever wisdom and strength that we've got at our disposal. But this strength is best understood as passive from us, at best. And yes, there is such a thing. We're to be made strong or be strengthened. This is like the passive action in Paul's prayer of chapter 3, verse 16. And I quote, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So this points to believers not empowering themselves, even if we're to heed the call to action and lay hold of the divine tools given to us by God and as stated in the following verses. Where does our strengthening come from? It's from an external source, yeah? And the following phrase states that it is the Lord Jesus. We've been brought into a relationship with him. And as such, he's the one who our life revolves around and therefore from whom we source our strength. So we no longer fall under the devil's rule, thank God, but have come under Christ's loving rule. For this reason, we're urged to be strengthened in him. He supplies what we need in the spiritual battle with the devil, no less. We hear the call to be strong in battle many a time in the Old Testament. What does God say to Joshua again and again? Can someone guess? All of you, be strong and courageous, yeah. In a sticky moment, we hear in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, that David found strength in the Lord. And while God's remaining people returned to the land from exile, we hear in Zechariah chapter 10, verse 12, He says, I will strengthen them in the Lord himself and in his name they will live securely. The last two verses clearly state that the external source of this empowering is the Lord and in Ephesians this refers to the Lord Jesus. At this point I can't but help think of my kids. They're up the back so I should probably watch what I say but um, they are young and needy, and need all the help they can get. Now, I don't know how many times I've heard, Dad, I need you to get this, and then say, well, what do you say? And then they say, please, Dad. Now, of course, I try and teach them with all the patience that the Spirit gives me, but if you think about it, we learn everything we know from other people, and so nothing can really be said to originate from us, including any Game ideas that exhaust Dad. Like this, the Lord Jesus is the person that we turn to so that we have the strength we need to get through the day and every day. This is not something that's hard to understand, I think, but it's harder to put into practice. What are some reasons we might not turn to Jesus to supply us with the strength we need to live a godly life? For one, we might not want to turn to Jesus and rely on his strength. We might just want to turn inwardly because we rate ourselves. Now, this is a pride issue, 
And if this is us, then we have not only got a wrong understanding of the source of our strength, but also the source of where all power comes from. God gives us every breath that is the power to exist, let alone to think and say and do things to live. And here I'm reminded of the verse in Be Thou My Vision. Be thou my battleshield, sword for the fight. Be thou my dignity, thou my delight. Thou my soul shelter, thou my high tower. Raise thou me heavenward, O power of my power. And here's something else. Perhaps we might be afraid of Jesus, strangely. Well, thinking that he thinks we're pesky people and that he doesn't really want to help us or or he gets angry if we don't help ourselves. Now, it's one thing to search for wisdom, sure, but this isn't Jesus at all. Jesus delights in helping us even when we're sinful and foolish. The whole passage this verse is in just highlights that fact, that he loves to help us and dearly wants to give us all we need to live a godly life. He has our good at heart. We just need to humbly ask him, for the help we need in the daily grind. He freely gives so that we can be ready for the fight. Can you see that we're meant to turn to Jesus so we have the strength we need to live our godly life? This is the first point Paul makes and wanted to make to mark the close of his letter, that Jesus is the source of the strength we need to live a godly life. And knowing that the many Christian gatherings in Ephesus uh, heard this, and we too must heed the call to turn to Jesus for strength, Paul goes further and makes a point about the nature of the strength. And this is my second point. You might be thinking, well, if we come to Jesus for strength in the battle, how good is he or how good is it? Uh, Can it get us through the day? Can he get us through the day? After Paul says, be strong in the Lord, he says, and in his mighty power. This phrase has already been used to describe God's all-powerful strength. In chapter 1, verse 19, when Paul prays for Christians in Ephesus to know his, and I quote, incomparable great power. And in verses 21 and 22, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. I don't know about you, but that that sounds pretty strong to me. It's there that Paul asks God that the Christian gatherings in Ephesus might understand and experience his extraordinary power working on their behalf. And now at the climax of his letter, he calls them to put on God's power as if it's something they can wear. And doing this, they can stand firm, live that godly life and able to stand against the devil's schemes to tempt us to trust in his ways or even our own power uh, to cut out sin from our lives. But the thing is, of course, we can't cut sin out of our lives. That's impossible for us, but not with God. 
Now I can't but help go back to my kids again. Um, they're young and needy and need all the help they can get. Yet this is all of us, right? All of us, really. They come to me for things all the time. I, I'm flattered. That's because I know my strength and so I know my limitations. Whenever they say, Dad, I want the Play-Doh, can you get it down? I reach out for it and get it down like any father would. My point being that without my almighty daddy strength, they wouldn't have the Play-Doh. I've shared my power with them and done what they couldn't do themselves. Like this, the strength that the Lord Jesus supplies is what we need to live a godly life for the day and every day. His strength is sufficient for us to stand firm in that spiritual battle. Without it, well, we're cactus. Again, this is probably not hard to understand. We need someone else's power that's more powerful than ourselves, but it's hard to put into practice. What are some reasons why you might not put on Jesus' strength, the strength we need to live that godly life? There's one reason I can think of, and it's a biggie. We might not trust it. It rolls off the tongue, but it's a big one, right? And I'll say it again, we might not trust in Jesus' strength. When we think of strength, we tend to think of tangible things like brains and muscles, chariots and lightsabers. But what do we think of when we think of God's strength? Well, it's hard to know how to think of it. It does seem elusive. It's not like it's something we can just grab hold of. But then again, even things like brains and muscles, chariots and lightsabers don't carry any real power in themselves. Uh, They're powered by the power of Jesus who holds his whole world together by his almighty power. You see, everything is an instrument in God's hands and we can see or hear of his amazing power. The Bible is full of God's cosmic power on display. And he's at work to build a people like you and me of his very own to stand firm with the full armory he provides. And that really, remarkably, does the job of seeing us live a godly life. The thing we must do, though, is to trust in it, trust in his power. The alternative, well, well, is trusting in our own power. And remember where that got us? Well, it's in the mess that we find ourselves in now. Can you see that trusting in Jesus' strength is what we need to live a godly life? This is the second point Paul wanted to make to mark the close of his letter, that the nature of Jesus' strength is what we need and all we need to live a godly life. Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, today we've explored trusting in Jesus' strength is all that we need, his all-powerful strength. This passage is wild for all sorts of reasons and we've just hit the surface. Well, it does speak of an evil spiritual force uh, waging a spiritual battle against us. And the answer to this battle, though, is found in the opening verse of the passage. And that is to simply trust in Jesus' strength to overcome, which might seem even more wilder to understand. 
But Paul wanted to end his letter with an important aspect of living a godly life. And that's to come to the Lord Jesus and to trust in his matchless power to get us through the day, knowing that we can please God, be blameless before him by being real about our limitations and stand in his strength for the day and every day. What is the strength we need for the day? Today we've learned that by trusting in Jesus and his strength, we can get through the day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful presence and strength that you are in our lives. Although it's hard to see it, we know we can trust you to bring it. Help us to become strong in the Lord Jesus and in the strength of his might by trusting in his all-powerfulness. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.